Are you ever driving down the road, windows down, music pumping? And it's like, it's fun music. It's music you like. But if somebody looks at you, it could be considered, to, to them at least, it's like embarrassing music. Oh, yeah. Yep. What do you do in that situation? Roll my windows up and turn What? No, nah, dude, I fold immediately. Yep. Yep. No, this time I, I'll be I'll be playing music and it's actually I've done this before. I'm driving, windows down, you know, jamming out. Usually there's songs that I'm proud of. And then uh you know, what's that what's that new song? Um yeah, the Cupid one that everyone's listening to. Yeah, it's called Cupid. Is By it fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah, it's called Cupid. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So like that would pop on. And I'm not going to not jam out to it. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Uh, you know, I, the worst part is life somehow always kind of. Gave a second chance to Cupid. Yeah. And now I'm left you feeling stupid. Yeah. I fucking love that song. Um, but the, life always somehow manages to put you next to like a car that's all their windows down. It's like a bunch of ladies and they're looking at you and you're like, fuck, I just got to roll my windows up real quick. There we go. Now they can't hear me. And then they left me feeling stupid. But they already know what you're listening to. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. But they already know. No, if my windows were up before like they heard, I'm going hard. But if I if I think they've heard what I'm listening to, I try to I try to like stay focused, like it's just on. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you switch it to disturbed real quick. You're like, no, I'm a fucking man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, dude, I, I no, I, I love I listen to that song. Specifically, three times on the way here. <laughs> it's not a long drive. To, yeah, it was the entire drive. I, I listened to it and I restarted it. I listened to it again and I restarted it. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Oh, dude, that song's a banger. I love that song. But that specific song, I listened to it on the way here. Uh, I can't, I can't fold like that. I think it's the same thing when, when you are just looking off into the distance and it happens to be at a person, but you're yeah. not staring at the person. You're just, you're just, dozing off kind of Mm -hmm. and they look up at you what do you do oh dude look away no i just keep staring (laughs) and i think it's it's the same thing i bring over to the music yeah if somebody catches me i I see them look over they smirk a little bit and then i just go fucking harder dude (laughs) it's like yep no no this is me yeah and i'm gonna let you know that it's me Uh, i was on the i was in the car with uh michelle this was a while back. I think we got in and out. We were on our way back from in and out. Okay. And these two dudes, they're in an SUV. They pull up. Our windows are down. Their windows are down. They pulled up just straight staring through the window at us. And Michelle's like, oh, no. Like, she's trying not to look. So I'm just staring back. <laughs> right? Okay. And then you you kind of hear this, like, hard rap music going. From their from their deal, yeah, and I know the song. So as I'm staring at them, I just start to nod my head, and then I start to bounce, and then I just start to rap the song that they listen to. <laughs> and they just kept staring at me, and the song was they. I think they planned this. They were gonna be weird about it because the song mixed into "Pocket Full of Sunshine." So then it was Michelle confused and sort of nervous, yeah, and then me and two grown men. In a car next to us, SUV next to us, and we're all like, oh, "I got a pocket, I got a pocket full of sunshine." <laughs> we're all just losing our minds, <laughs> dude. The time of our lives. <laughs> so, dude, it was so much fun. <laughs> That's like it's one of my favorite things when you're in traffic because I get angry. Okay, if I'm in traffic, I'm pissed. Yeah, and there's only one thing that can remedy it. Yeah, 
This is like, good tunes. No. Oh. oh. I'm putting on a show. <laughs> I roll down all the windows. I have to take my mind off traffic. I roll down all the windows. I turn on T Swizzy, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. T Swizz and T Pain rapping on the same track. Hey. It's a thug story. Tell me, can you handle that? Uh, Britney Spears. <laughs> yes. Or like any late '90s, early 2000s music in general. Yeah. And um, it's a free concert. <laughs> it's a fr- <laughs> for everyone around me. Yeah. Some people are like, ugh. They give you that look. What the fuck? Yeah. What's wrong with that person? But then some people get next to you. They roll their windows down, mm-hmm. and they're just leaning out, having a good time with you. Yeah. And that just makes my time in traffic. Oh, I would definitely lean with you. I yeah. Would, I would definitely have fun with you. If I was if I was in the if I was stuck in traffic, not having a great time, and I just look over and one dude two lanes over is just a full concert. I'm like, damn. Yep. Yes. I'm like looking, I'm pointing at him. <laughs> like I'm doing a verse and then mm. Hey, there you go. And then if they start picking it up, I'm like, oh, fuck, let's go. But I'm yeah. I'm never rolling the windows up. I'm gonna live in it. Even if it's super embarrassing. Yeah. I'm gonna live in right there. Damn. Yeah. I've uh I think I've 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 been confident enough to be like halfway through a song, my windows down, I'm having a good time. And then, you know, I'm not I, I, I'm not gonna carry the entire energy all the way through the song. I'm gonna I'm having a great time and then I'm gonna like, you know, focus on driving or whatever. So then I'm I immediately fold. I'll just be like singing, going hard a little bit, and then there's God forbid a little bit of a lull in the song. And then every bit of my inner demons comes in like this is really embarrassing. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna roll up the windows up. I'm so, what am I doing? Damn. But, yeah. So I would, I would help you with a verse if you were, if I was the, your neighbor in the, in the thing. I'd be like, yo, and then you'd be like, yeah. But then I would stop, and I'd be like, okay, I'm now, I played a little bit, and now I stop. So you just gotta have that person that sparks it up. Yeah. Because recently, we were in the car together, uh-huh. like a week ago. Yeah. And some music, some tunes were coming on, and me and you were going. Full like ham, in the front seat screaming. We were we were singing it, and you were doing it the whole time. You weren't looking around. You weren't nervous about somebody seeing. We were even hitting high notes. If I remember, wasn't my wife in the background? Oh yeah, dude. We were we're dog shit at singing, (laughs) but no one could have convinced us that we weren't the greatest singers. We were singing like Three Days Grace and stuff. (laughs) Oh Yeah. yeah. If anyone asked me, I would say that we were the best singers on earth that day. Yeah, of course. Yep. I mean, dogs were howling <laughs> as we drove by houses, but if we were playing rock band, the little meter would not have fucking gone up all the way. That fucking lies, though. Dude, that dude. thing sucked. I hated that thing. I remember my uh, I, I I got rock band and I got the whole drum kit and everything. I got the whole kit and caboodle, and. We didn't have, like, I forget why, but the, we only had two friends that night. I got it. So one of us was guitar, and the other one was like, all right, well, I guess we're going to do vocals as well. So someone's got to suck it up. So I was like, all right. And it was late in the night, so I'm, you know, I'm I'm up. I, you're sitting weird. I'm upside down. Like, I'm my head's dangling up, and my the microphone's just next to my mouth as I'm just trying to feel how I can get this without actually singing it. And... I I remember my mom yelling from the other room, doing great, honey. No. Because <laughs> I was like, like there was parts where like there was, you know, it was, it would tell you like high notes coming in. And so I'd, at first I tried and it wouldn't move. 
So I'm like, dude, fuck you. So then I, I cheated where if you just put the mic right up to your mouth and just go, uh, it would immediately go right up. And, and like the little thing would just go all the way. And you're like, sweet. I crushed that note. Thank you, rock band. I'm a score A. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Dude, the problem was there were some people who they'd crush at rock band singing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I'm good at this. Oh, no. So then they'd take it outside. <laughs> Dude, they take it to the mean streets of the high school. Oh, no. And they're just like, hey, Rock Band said, like, S's. Yeah. I was crushing it. Yeah. So I can definitely, I can definitely, oh, they couldn't at all. <laughs> they sounded like a dying squirrel getting hit by a semi-truck. It was nuts. There was like, dude, they sounded like they were fucking gagging on cafeteria burger. Dude, why, why did I just picture... Uh, when you said a squirrel getting hit by a semi truck, I just pictured one of those old, um, uh, like uh, gel ice things that you'd have in your freezer. Oh, and when you run them over, the blue shoots out. Yeah, I imagine that's what the squirrel did when they're si- That's why how this girl sings. Yeah, I imagined it was a girl. Well, it was a dude. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. Some of the girls, the, the 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 difference between a dude and a girl. Yeah. Okay. In high school. Yeah. Is the dude, he's like, I can fucking, I got pipes on me. Yeah, yeah. And he, the moment he starts singing, if it's the wrong note, you dog him. Everyone's <laughs> like, dude, shut the fuck, you fucking suck. Oh my God, dude. Why did you even try? Stick to talking. Yeah. And then a girl's like, I got this. Yeah. I can sing real well. And she couldn't. Mm-hmm. She couldn't put two notes together to save her life. Yep. And you're just. Yeah. Unbelievable. You're so brave. <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable. Like, yeah, you're probably you you're probably the greatest singer we've ever heard. Yep. Yep. I also, uh, there was there was a level, at least in my school, because I remember I had a class that you had to, we were learning how to record and stuff. So then he, the teacher would ask uh, if there was anyone who liked to sing, uh, and that way they can they can kind of be our, our test dummies as we're figuring out recording software. And so uh, there was a couple people that raised their hand a little too quickly, and you're looking at them like, no, don't, we don't want to. I'd rather you didn't, but teacher didn't know that. So he was like, let's go. Here you go. And so then they would, they would go on up and, uh, and, and the, I remember there's one girl, I think Jessica or whatever. She, she would go up and she sang and I swear to God, someone told her louder is better. Like loud is good. And so she couldn't hit so many of the notes, but my God, when uh, it, it's, I don't know if you saw know the song, but it goes like one step closer, so that I have died every day. Like, wait, that 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 song? It's not really. <laughs> that, that sounded <laughs> like the saddest song. Oh, dude, it's a really sad song. But she decided every single chorus. By the way, that that tone I gave, that's about the tone you give that. It's a very solemn. And then at the end of it, I think she yells one of them. She decided all of them will be belted as loud as she can. And we're all in mega headphones sitting there listening to her. She doesn't know mic etiquette. So she just goes right up to the mic and screams, one step. And she builds. And we're sitting there like, God, God. And we look up at the teacher. He's like, hold the headphones in. Don't take them out. Like, you got to listen. And I'm like, hell no, dude. you kidding me. Oh. No shot. She, had, she sang it like four times. Like, there were days where she, they were like, all right, Jessica, you're going to work on your song. And we're just like, please. That teacher's a menace. Dude, I swear he was doing it on purpose. Man, you know the stories he tells his family when he gets home? <laughs> like, how was work today? 
Unbelievable. <laughs> you should have seen this one girl. She was deep throat in the mic while she was just belting like she was in an opera. Yeah. Yeah. And I just forced the kids to keep their headphones in. <laughs> I told them I told them they had to listen and they did. They listen any this is this is the future. <laughs> These kids. And then and then his, and then her husband's just like I hate how you abuse these kids. And he's like, damn it, Susan. Uh, you want to see abuse? <laughs> <laughs> we just add that layer on top of that. <laughs> this fucking bird chicken. Look at him. Do you want forcing kids to do shit at school? You think like, I like doing this, Susan? tires? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, I think we're going to get into the anime. Uh, this has been this anime is tif- difficult to watch. I don't know how many of you guys are going to be able to see it. It says it's on Disney Plus. Liars. Disney sucks dick. Um, <laughs> Hard stance on that. Oh, dude, Disney's foul. It's trash as a whole company. Fuck off, Disney. Eat my ass. I like I'd li- I like Tangled though. Tangled is, the, is one of the only good things that comes out of Disney. Okay. Um, fuck Walt. <laughs> Fuck everybody involved with it right now. All right, so what's the name of this, this anime? No, nah, I gotta just give me a second here. I, let me cook. <laughs> let me cook. All right, Disney, come at me, bro. Cause like, I have enemies right now in my life. Is Disney the Rock? <laughs> <laughs> Russia? <laughs> uh, North Korea? I heard you guys are fucking around. You ready to find out? These are just the four that I'm currently dealing with. Yeah, oh, dude. Oh, it's like those and then Johnny from the my old Ralphs. <laughs> what a cunt. Um. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> yeah, Johnny's first. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, sometimes Johnny goes to the top of the <laughs> list. Oh, man. It's like sometimes I'm like, Kim Jong who? Right? <laughs> Johnny's a dick. <laughs> no, but this is called Heavenly Bodies. Uh, it's a Disney, Disney locked it up. Disney locked up heavenly bodies. It looks really good to me. It lo- it's something that I've really wanted to watch. They locked it up, but also they locked it up to put it on Hulu, which is a wild stance to take. Yeah. Uh, so there will be a day when on Disney plus you will be able to go to a section and it's all anime, but to th- it is not this day. <laughs> this day, the anime section of Disney plus is Hulu, which is weird. Yeah. Cause also Hulu not that, not that cash money. <laughs> oh, we're taking out Hulu too. Okay, Hulu's up. Hulu's with Disney. Hulu made their bed. Hulu's the breadcrumbs in Disney's in Disney's home. Yeah, uh, dude, I'll take anybody. Okay, you want to fight? <laughs> Damn, dude, Hulu just got topped. The- bro, bro I'm throwing punches, <laughs> and like, if you get hit on the way, yeah, then that just you should have been out of the way. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is Heavenly Bodies. I'm really excited for this. Uh, I, I've been wanting to watch it for a while. There's some hot takes about it online. I don't know if it's hot takes. It's just like weird takes. Hell yeah. But uh, I, I think I can probably put those, depending on how it goes, I get there's a hair on my mic. Depending on how that goes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Appreciate the play-by-play, bro. Well, I, just, I was having a hard time because there's a hair sticking in my face. Uh, uh, depending on how it goes, at least the first episode. Then I might I might have things to say about the uh, the what they're comparing it to online, but we're gonna get into heavenly bodies, um, and we're gonna see how they do. Why is it always tomatoes? I don't know. What is it, what is it about tomatoes that like that signify regrowth of humanity? Oh, 
they just pulled weeds out of the ground and were like, we're going to eat this. <laughs> um, she has something. She has a holster. Yes, she does. We saw a minute, boys. So, no shot. That thing uses bullets. What the fuck did she just do with that thing? She's using alien technology. <laughs> it's fucking tomatoes. How is it tomatoes always? <laughs> I love this lady. She's like, all right, so. These are strange times, but you can't fuck your sister. <laughs> like, dude, this lady's a G. The fake sleep method <laughs> always works. <laughs> they never know. <laughs> never have, never will. All right, so uh, f- screw this podcast. Let's just watch the next episode. <laughs> dude, that was so good. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, I was so sad when I saw you pick up the remote like, all right, let's turn on. No, we don't want to watch the next episode. I was like, damn it. Come on. It's pretty sick, eh? That is dope. That was such a dope little anime. I love how they move. I love the setting. Everything felt so cool. It felt like a nice crisp, crit, like a movie anime. That was so pretty. And just trying to, they have multiple storylines. There's like obviously a story A and a story B. Yeah. I don't know if it would even be a story A, story B, right? Because that implies that one of them is lesser. Not lesser in terms of in terms of um, storytelling, but lesser in terms of scope. Yeah. Like, uh, it seems like it's probably 50-50 on the inside, some weird hexagonal honeycomb perfect world. And then out in the real world. I will say, I think the uh, perfect world is going to be a little bit less uh, because they have a bigger cast, and I think there was more people. That's why I, it 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 did feel kind of more leaning on the two ma- uh, the two uh, like sis and I don't remember the boy's name. Maru. Maru. I felt like it kind of focused on sis and Maru, but I, I I looking back at it, I think because there's only two characters on that journey, we're gonna get more of them. Whereas the the perfect little utopia world, there was like five or six main kids. Whereas one girl is kind of like asking questions, and the other boys kind of were able to see that world through him. So it was more of like a reflective look to it. But yeah, I agree. I think both of the storylines will be told kind of at the same time. And they were leaving hints about stuff. The one girl, she's like, I. Every time I think about the outside, out the outside, the outside is what they would call it, because there was trees and stuff. So there yeah, was yeah. an outside for them, and then there's the walls. Yep. Outside the outside, every time I think about it and I dream about leaving to it, I dream that these two people help me, and we're following two people. Yes. And one of them has your face, and he's like a short-haired version of Maru. He is, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Or... He's the young, the young version of Doc slash Sir. Ooh, I was wondering. I was wondering if um, if this story was doing a uh, kind of like a, a a time thing, whereas one of the stories is in the past, and we're not going to learn that until later. That's yeah, what I was kind of wondering. Yeah, mainly when I saw the older lady at the end in the in the perfect world, I was like, I wonder if she's a character we're going to meet and not know that's her later on. Yeah, yeah. I was just I was just trying to put some stuff together of this whole Doc Sir situation, the pictures of people in the in the bag. Yeah, that uh, sis has, and totally with the hair and everything, could be the old version of the kid in the in the inside inside. Oh wow, yeah, you're you right. Know? Yeah. Or 
lady in wheelchair, sis. Who knows? That's true. Who knows? Yeah. She's like, we're never going back there. Yeah. Oh, I, this is a utopia where people can survive. And but there, I don't know. There was so much of the tomatoes, the tomato heaven. <laughs> yeah. So maybe yeah. that is tomato heaven. Yeah. Or she's always been searching for tomato heaven. Ever since they said it, you know, so what? she creates tomato heaven. You have no idea. That's true. She could, yeah. So many heaven. questions. It, it leaves. It's like, <laughs> it's not the annoying. So many questions. You know, sometimes you watch something, you're like, oh my god, there's just so much like stupid random stuff that could happen. I have so many questions. It doesn't clear up anything. I don't have any idea what's going on. There's a big difference between that and being like, whoa, I wonder what's gonna. I wonder what this is. It, there's so many different things it could be. Holy cow. Yeah. And this is more of a what. I want, I want to know everything. I have so many questions that the show's going to answer, and I need it to answer. I'm so excited to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny. So one of the things is because it's a, a plot B or, or plot A or whatever, uh, the story of Sis and Maru is a little bit of like a nice little adventure. And a big thing about that is giving almost reward of uh, of scenes that feel like you're getting something out of the questions being posed. So... Uh, like a little thing, uh, when they when they went into the house, uh, one of the first house, you know, she says like a little comment, which threw me through a loop. I was like, why is that a good thing? So she comes over, she goes, she's like, the door's locked. That's a good sign. And I was like, good sign. Why is that a good sign? I was like, you got to break in now. You're going to cause more noise. Is there monsters? I'm starting to ask questions like, are they come out in the daylight? Are they in there? Is this kind of like, so I'm starting to reel. Then they answer the couple of questions. So then they're doing a decent job of like playing with like, here's a question that you're now wondering. We're going to solve it in the next scene. But then the nice adorable scene where this is going to sound weird. I almost entirely expected it from an, from anime when they do like apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic kind of things is the cute little weed scene where they, you know, they, it's like, Oh, use the last can of our food. Yeah. I, I made a cute little thing. It was a weeds in the ground, whatever. And then this adorable little thing of like, they're both taking a bite and fucking hating it. It was adorable. That was a little reward. Whereas the other questions that didn't go answered, who's him or her, who's all this stuff. And so, I feel like that nice little play of like, here's some fun scenes, but not, and then here's a little bit of questions that you're not sure who these things are, but because of the fun scenes and the, and the rewards that you get, you're willing to go on this journey and be okay not knowing the answers yet. So instead of like, like you said, I feel like there's some shows where, you know, they're like, we're really intense and we're going to ask you things and you're going to be like, what the fuck is going on? And we're not going to answer any of them in any of these episodes. But that's the thing is when those, when those shows do that, they're trying so hard to be subversive. They're trying so hard to make sure that you don't even understand these characters' thought processes or they go the route of, they're going to do something and then they're going to immediately do something that contradicts what they did because we don't want you to ever understand. Yes, yes. And that's rough because if I never understand anything and everything's a contradiction, then why should I care about the story? Yeah. And the those little rewards that you're talking about are grounded moments for a character. Mm-hmm. Like these characters are making specific choices and they're sticking to their own character. And the reward is we're learning about them. We're learning yeah. about the world. We're learning about all this stuff. And then you can put the you can put the uh, Lovecraftian ele- horror elements on top of the world mm-hmm. that we're starting to understand with post-apocalyptic, all that stuff. Yeah, they give us what's necessary to care, and then they put the questions on top. It's like a little garnish. Yeah, at the end for us to wonder what's going on in this world. That weird crow that has fish 
fishing line coming out of its mouth. Dude, and then we find out it's insane. not a crow. And it has eyes around its teeth. Mm-hmm. When its face splays open. Yeah. Yeah. And this lady is somehow connected to it. I don't know what her deal is. but she... I think it's her kid. I think so. It's funny. As soon as you said, because I thought it was something like it, she, you know, it, uh, it is, it has killed members of her family or whatever. But then when you said that and then it landed next to her room, that made sense. She did not look like ready to go. Well, to me, the reason that I said that was she was, she was like, there's a monster and they go, we can kill it. And the shot that was chosen was to show her hand grip the knife. That's true. So I was super confused about that. I immediately thought she doesn't want it to die. Okay. It's a monster. And them saying that they can kill it elicits a response for her of protecting it. So I think she's making sure it lives. Oh. And then as it went on, it seems a lot like she feeds it. We don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like she feeds it. Yeah. And when it was showing up, it it punched in on a picture of her son. Did it really? On the desk that it punched into. Uh, it was it was a kid's room, a young boy's room with young boy's toys. It had the Tyrannosaurus Rex. It had the young boy's toys. And it punched in one second. Yeah, it, I think it tilt shifted even on toys. And then you see a picture of a young boy. Mm. And there's no young boy in here. No. So... My assumption is that the the monster is her son. Damn, that's dope sounding. I mean, like sad but crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. my assumption. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like they were trying. It, it feels like that's what the story was trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. Whether it gets subverted or not, it feels like that's what it was trying to say with the moment of the knife, with uh, them obviously being some type of drugged. Yep, yep. To go to sleep because he never sleeps, which is this is one of my this is my favorite stuff. Right, these little things are what I love because you talk about the questions being answered. They have a scene that tells the story. She's looking at the pictures. So they introduce the pictures for the first time. He says, is that your brother? Which is something you totally ask. This is exposition, but it's not in an expository way. Is that your, or is that your boyfriend? Mm -hmm. And she says, no. And then they talk a little bit and, and, uh, he says, I've, I never go to sleep before you. I'm always awake. Mm-hmm. And then she says, you can, you can do it. I'm not going to run away from you. So what they've given us is she's looking for somebody. Uh, he doesn't sleep very well. And his reason for not sleeping very well, she thinks, is because she's his guide. And he might be afraid that she'll run away. So we learn that she's a guide, not a sister. Uh, we learn that they don't know each other super well. Um, we learn that he doesn't sleep. Mm. And then later on, he sleeps immediately. Yes. And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean he sleeps immediately? He's faking. And then when she starts to go down, no, he's not faking. They're out. And she's out. This is not a good situation. A problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gave, it already planted a seed of he sleeps later than her always. Mm-hmm. And then when he doesn't, when we're joking, while we're watching it, he's faking to sleep yeah. because the show told us that he doesn't sleep before her. Mm-hmm. So we know he can't possibly be asleep before her. Uh, and that was that scene that happened beforehand. All of it was justified. And it, at no point when we were watching him say, I, I'm always awake longer than you. 
Yeah. We weren't like, why the fuck did he say that? Like, what was the point in that? It completely fit with everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It gave us so much information. Uh, uh, and then it also was something for a scene later on to, to jump from. Yeah. It was yeah. just so real. Well, like that in and of itself, that little bit is so well written. Yeah, I didn't even notice that that was uh, exposition or world building at all. I, and so that's one of the most beautiful things, as we've said many a time. If you can't tell, then they're crushing it. Yeah. 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 You learn so much about the characters, not because not because he says, like he never said, uh, well, I don't sleep very well because I'm always wondering if you're going to run away from me. Yeah. And then she's like, well, I'm not going to run away from you. That's just be, that's wasted time. Yeah. It's wasted time because you don't trust the audience to get things. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be like, what was the point in this scene outside of them just saying it? <laughs> yeah. And then later on you're like, oh, so they fucking set this up? No, they set it up and it's awesome to find that they set it up and to think back on it and be like, oh my gosh. Like we didn't, we weren't thinking about the scene before. We were just thinking this is a character who doesn't sleep before her. Yes. Not one he said it before. It was just this character doesn't sleep before her. That's true. I didn't I did not think of the scene before prior. I just thought of the character and things I know about him now. Yeah. So when things happened to him, I because of the world building had made it feel comfortable and and easy to learn, I I then react with the information of the character like like I know them well. I'm like, oh, he doesn't sleep like I know he's faking it. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Even though I've just learned that information in one episode, and it, it they covered enough distance and time where it wasn't just like like I hate when they build something to then do it the next scene. Oh, that's the worst. You're like, why do you come on? Yeah, yeah, because that's just a waste. Like yeah, it's absolutely. it's you you decided that you couldn't just either have it happen mm-hmm. and it be normal. It's like we always call things out, right? We always call things out in in our normal lives. We're like, well, this. We have to look at this. And it's like, just let it happen and let it be normal. Instead of always just yelling, it, has, it looks, look how awesome we are. No, just do it and be awesome. Yeah. You don't have to say you're awesome. Uh, and it feels like a lot of people, a lot of shows and stuff do that. Okay, we're going to spend seven minutes setting up a two-minute scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, just do the two-minute scene. Yeah. And let us know that that's how the character responds to things. Mm-hmm. Um, or be a good writer and do what they did in this. Absolutely. Because that's like that, that to me, that first scene setting up the scene right at the end lets me know how much time they spent in the writing room understanding the story that they wanted to tell. Yeah. And going back and forth on scripts for a, for a while yes. to make sure that they cut the fat and, and the only things that they left behind were necessary mm. to move forward with a story. The uh, Another little thing, just, uh, before we move on from that scene. So they did something that I, I, I really love in, in Apocalypse Stories, and it's, 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 it's something, it's just a little caveat. So uh, you see, at one point they walked in the house, and they were like, man, this place is a dump, and then she points at a hole in the roof. She's like, oh, fuck, that's why. And, they, you know, this place is unlivable at this point. But... You know, if you're a survival situation, you're not going to not leave. Like, there's absolutely a usable bit to that house. It has four walls, and there's a ro- there's probably a couple rooms in it that don't have holes in them. So one of my favorite things is when people pull, like, beds or sofas and stuff all into one room. There's this tiny little feeling I get every time I see movies, anime, games, that 
that have that. Like you go in and you see like uh, like everyone's sleeping in the same room together. And that makes me so like, I'm like, that's so like, I don't know. That's such a fun little thing that, of course, it's, you look around, you're like, this is a terrible world we're living in. It's a dystopia. It's not a good times. But there's the little thing of it really did bring them together. If you were, I mean, these people probably would never have known each other if it wasn't for this mission that they have to live on. But also on the mission, they are getting to know each other and living living with of each other as well as having to build this relationship of trust with like you know you're in charge of being awake you're standing guard right now I'll take some sleep or whatever but there's this feeling of safety whenever I see in movies that have that or take that little bit of like you would you you're there's no world you're walking into a you know you break into this house you're doing a bunch of shit you're like all right cool we we've set up camp you get this room I'll get the other one there's no way no you're you're sleeping in the same room because it's you got to strength in numbers. Exactly. Exactly. Strength in numbers. And there's also just a little, every time I see it, like it just a little comfortable in numbers too. I, I see like the little, the little lamp they have. The, the Yeah. Like we're pack animals. Yeah. That's it. Humans were built on social, we're built on society for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's a society. Cause I know a lot of like, there's the meme of we live in a society, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. When it comes to humans, we live in tribes. What was the worst thing you, besides killing somebody, what was the worst thing you could do to someone back in the day? Exile them. Exile them. Excommunication. Yep. Push them away. That's like the worst possible thing you can do to a human because we need people around us else we go insane. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. Somebody that lives out in the woods by themselves for an extended period of time has to have an unbelievable will. Yep. Or they will go nuts because they don't have social interaction. There's there's stories of you know uh, children or whatever that that have survived abusive families that one of the biggest things they'll claim is uh, you can tell there's like they didn't have especially at a young age when they're kind of growing and learning uh, if they weren't able to go see other people if they weren't able to go see uh, other kids or adults or whatever they have no social interaction it is so hard for them to come back from that just all you have to do is remove the social element from some, from a growing mind and you have fucked them entirely with their growing ability. Sure. It, it is incredible how much we depend on just social interactions and you didn't even know yeah. it. Yeah, because that's the thing. S- strength in numbers isn't just a group of us can win a fight. Mm. Strength in numbers is strength of mind in numbers. Mm. We can survive as a pack. We have strength as a group. One person delegates. One person does this. One person does that. We talk to each other. It's like it, it makes it so much easier to survive hmm. as a person if there's other people around you, not just to fight, to do yeah. anything. Yeah, I think the that uh, yeah, looking at strength in numbers, I just I think it really helps set a really fun scene for for settings like this. I, I saw the little little couches pulled in, and I was like, oh, they're doing that like they're grouped together, and then became the awesome scene of exposition without you even knowing. So it's, oh, this anime was dope. And it looked amazing too. Like, oh my God. It was yeah. so beautiful. Dude. I do. All the backgrounds, the, the, the movement mm-hmm. of everybody when they're walking directly towards you, directly towards you is an interesting thing to look at in anime. Yes, it is. Yes, because it is. Because one, it's not often done unless it's running. Oftentimes, if somebody's, if a character is going directly towards the screen, I feel like it's running. Mm-hmm. If they're walking, then they do a mid close. Yeah. Right? I don't often, I don't always see, or maybe I just don't notice, but I don't often see 
a full body shot of somebody just sauntering towards the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's and this true. did it like three times. Yeah. What they even did the um I really it's an, there's a name of this lens or this look, but it's uh it's kind of early 2000s, kind of 90s-ish where the the edges of the camera are kind of tilted in and it looks like Fish uh, eye? Yeah, I think it's called fisheye. Yeah, yeah. It's so the but there was a at one point they were walking towards the camera and it was just a just a smidge fisheye. And so it looked a little like this shot was being shown from a broken glass or something. From one of those, uh, uh, if anybody knows this, when you're when you're backing out or coming out of a driveway and it's difficult to see, they put those rounded mirrors. Oh, yeah, up. to give sight around a corner. Sight around a corner. Yeah. I think it's like that. Yeah, it was because like... Because it's convex. Yeah. It distorts the image. So they, I think they showed an, a shot of them walking towards it from that and just a little fisheye, but it was... it was, I mean, then she kind of like... It, I think it seemed mo-capped, possibly, because of how they walked, or... I think, I'm, I think I'm thinking of the same one as you, and I do not think it was mo-cap at all. If it isn't, even more kudos to... I mean, if, it, if it's mo-capped, phenomenal work on the actors and all that to, to get try to get the, the uh, walking down and make it really feel human. If it's not, God damn, the artists really work on... on because I, I think that, that just from what I saw, if I'm thinking of the same scene as you, yeah, then I don't think that mocap would have done that at all. Really? I think if it, if they did do it, which I firmly believe they didn't, mm. then they changed it so much from what it would have been from somebody walking. Yeah, yeah. There it were, just seems there was too much artistic value in it. Yeah, for it to be taking somebody actually moving and just transposing it into anime for me. That's true. That is true. Yeah, I just felt when I, when I saw it, I was I it made me wonder. I was like, "Is this mocap?" That felt so fucking smooth. Like the way the way she kind of stumbled a little bit while walking. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel big, and it wasn't even a big part of her. It was just her walking on one foot, a little leaning a bit, and then kind of stumbling a bit and just being like, "Oh, yeah." That just feels so much more artistic animation and involvement. Because yeah. a lot of times with mocap kind of stuff, mm-hmm. especially in video games and things like that. Those little things are not what was mocapped. Those little oh. things are what are as added by the person. With facial animation, a lot of people, because we do a lot of those dots. You see those dots all over people's faces? Yes. When they're doing mocap and when they're doing all that avatar stuff. Yeah, I mainly think of Smaug, but yeah. You see all those dots? Those are pseudo-reference. But the person sitting in front of a computer is doing all of the facial animation. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it? So uh, the whole thing is that the dots and stuff are there to help tracking. So when the art, when the artists get them, they then replicate or create the image and they use the dots as kind of almost like not, not, not like a, a map, but almost like a road. Like they're looking at it and be like, okay, um, they did a really thing with their cheek here. Okay. So then well, they it'll recreate help. it. So it'll help the camera understand where things are. Okay. So it's going to help with like face scans and everything, right? It's yeah. going to help it's going to help the camera understand the peaks and valleys of a face. Mm-hmm. But if you watch a scene and then you watch if you watch the scene with the actor with a bunch of uh, dots on their face. Yeah. They do a great job with stuff. I mean, the Smaug thing, mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. None of that was used <laughs> for the movie. Yeah. That was all just people animating and understanding what they wanted Emotion wise, yes, a lot of those little things in video games, an animator did all of it. Mm. I would love, to, I like, I give props to the actors all the time. 
Yeah, they're that's, doing their well, that's thing. That's what I do too. That's yeah. part of my job. Yeah, as an actor. Yeah, but I I got to give shine to the animators because I've watched enough behind the scenes stuff where I'm looking at the scene and then I look at I'm looking at the scene filmed in camera yeah. and then I'm looking at the scene in the movie or in the game mm-hmm. and the animators made the specific movements of the eyes. The animators added twitches to things to parts of the face. The animators added. The a little bit of a smirk coming in and then going away. The animators, the artists added that after the fact. Yeah. So sometimes there's the little things, like that little bit of a stumble. Yeah. To me, that is that that feels more like a artist added that after mm. than a person kind of stumbled because they felt it would work for a scene, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I... This anime had a very pretty, maybe you can help me word this a little bit differently, but it, it, it was a very beautiful combination of cute and serious. So it was, uh, the scenery around them is pretty intense, pretty serious, pretty sad, pretty gloomy, I would say. Uh, but then there's like the adorable little moments where I think the, the character design was almost soft and I wouldn't say entirely uh, Ghibli, but there was there was a there's a hint to it, especially with the uh, the the shape of the face. But also there was softer features to the, especially to Sis a lot uh, that I I looked at and it was very enjoyable to see. But then there was like cute little moments, like when she collapsed on the road. She's like, you know what? Fuck it. I've decided. It's over. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, the people weren't angular at all. Yeah, and they were so. It was so like a nice little warm feeling, and I feel like this anime has such a dope because now at the end of this episode, we've officially seen the, our first monster. We've gotten a good close shot of what this thing is, and they they obviously, especially with Sis and and Maru, uh, he had a. They went out and they were like, "Is this a monster? We'll kill it." So they're we're gonna see more of these. That's t- what this anime is kind of about at this point. So we're gonna see them, but. With the softness of 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 them, and also um, how how the interaction with those those thugs came in, there was a bit of a kind of softer tone to it as well. Yeah. They didn't; nobody died. Actually, the adults had angles. Oh, the adults. I had can angles. only think of one. Ad- two. Ad- you're right. The adults had angles. None of the kids did. I think that might be an artistic choice. Of the kids are much more round. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, now that I'm because th- I'm th- I, I, there wasn't that many adults in the show, but the pictures too of the two adults, those were sharp. They they were they had sharp lines. They did. Wow. See and the hair stuff too. That's a an adorable design they chose to form. I don't know if it was innocence or a kind softness that you would bring to the character, and that's so. Oh, I love it. Well, and it could also be a little bit of the the lady that they see at the end, at the little inn. Yeah. Right. She even says, you guys, you guys have grown up in this world. Yes. She obviously knew a world before this. Yeah. The the thugs as well said they were like, these kids are a different generation, not like the other us. I was like, oh, yeah. And it would be very interesting if one of the choices is people born in this horrible world are rounder than people who were born and knew a world before. Oh, yeah. Because it's almost like. This is the only world they know, so they can still laugh and play in it because they don't know a time of good. Yeah. So anything good in this world is as good as it's ever going to be. Yeah. Right? But people who knew a world before monsters were taking over people they know and killing them and eating them. 
yeah. and everyone has to scrounge for an existence, they get so hard because nothing in this world can ever be anywhere near as close to as good as a Sunday was before. Yeah. Damn. Like, that'd be super cool. That would be. Because you would almost think that's the opposite. Yeah. You'd almost think the people that come from a softer, easier world would be, would be like, rounder because mm -hmm. they can be happy, right? Yeah. And the people that grow up in this hard, awful, monster-filled, disgusting, fend-for-yourself world, they should be more angular. But the people who know easy, easy times, super easy times, would be so fucked every day <laughs> yeah. in a world of hardship. Yeah. So fucked that they would never be happy again. Mm -mm. But the people who are born in those super hard times, they have the propensity to be excited because all they know is awful. Mm -hmm. So a small happiness of canned food is like, this is a, this is a five-course Gordon Ramsay meal right here. This can <laughs> yeah. of corn? God damn. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, and then and then we also got the um because there you know, of course there'll be more to the character. So soft as she may be, there was the moment when she was in the bathroom and stuff, we saw quite a few star scars on Sis. Yes, when she was Sis like getting a, ready to go for the bathhouse. Yeah, she has a bit of a story behind her and she was looking at him too. And f what actually made me happy too is um she didn't linger too long on the scars. She kind of she saw him she she moved on. I think it was kind of a slow, like, take her clothes off, like, there are my scars. And then she had a cute little moment in the mirror. I don't know what that was about. But I was like, oh, it was still kind of playful. And so maybe that kind of goes with what you're saying. Like, these, because of this generation, they will, they see hardship. They see scars on them. And they're just like, yeah. It's, yeah, everyone's got them. We, this is a hard world. But look how good I look in this fucking mirror, dude. God damn, I'm yeah. looking good. Like, I haven't seen mirrors like... <laughs> yeah, dude. It's been a while since a mirror. Yeah. Let me give this a, a little Look smooch. how much fucking shampoo this lady. Look, what's she doing? <laughs> why she got? Why she got seventeen shampoos in here? Why did she have like twenty? Just throw out a bottle. If it's God, done, she, well, I mean, it's like a bunch of people come through. Like some people got curly hair, some people got straight hair, some people got oily hair, some people That's got dry. So like considerate. Maybe, dude. I don't know. She was even like the one that suds up a lot. That's the good one. Yeah, dude. That's so dope. Imagine that must be the the great that really is heaven. Imagine uh, yeah, I I I don't know why this scene stuck in my head for s every time I've ever like seen a baby wipe. I think of this is uh, in the in the movie The Book of Eli uh, with Denzel Washington. At one point, he showers by baby wiping his entire body. That's just what he did. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there like, there's no way that's a that's a weak funk coming out on that baby wipe. There's no way. Uh, and so I was sitting there laughing at it, but. When I see, like, now imagine, like, yeah, like, these are hard times. Who knows when you get showers? And then you come up to this, you're like, here you go. I'll pay for this this hotel or this inn. And this lady has, like, 47 shampoos. And she's like, for anything, just go hard. You're yeah, like, oh, my the, God. The thing is, if her place is what we think it is, yeah, then she's giving them, like, the food she made was amazing. There's a bathhouse in the back. She has every shampoo you could think of. She has everything. She has perfect linens for you. She's giving you the best last day. Because she knows what she's doing is monstrous, right? Oh, yeah. This is she's, guilt. She's giving you the best food she can prepare for you. She's giving you the best bath she can. She's making sure that your last day, because of what she's about to do to you, yeah. is as good as it can be because that's the only thing she can do possibly to make herself feel okay. 
Yeah. And it's the smallest bit of okay for what she's doing. Mm. God damn. So I'm going to have every shampoo, conditioner, and body wash you can think of because I want somebody who comes through and used to live in a normal world to be able to have the one that they used yep. so that they can feel a little bit more at home, maybe. Because then I'm going to feed you to my kid. Yep. <laughs> Fuck. Because <laughs> then it's going to be a bad time. Yeah, Timmy needs to eat. Dang. Timmy. <laughs> Timmy. Uh, I think I'm going to get into the joke those a little bit. Let's do it. So the great and powerful Theo Vaughn. Oh, gosh. Once said, uh, well, like, when you're feeling alone, it's not that you feel like you don't have anyone. It feels like nobody has you. Which is, like, one, a wild thing that I watch him say all the time for some reason. Yeah. As Theo Vaughn, a person who I watch all the time to laugh. Like, I just look up best of Theo Vaughn moments to laugh. Yeah. And then every once in a while you catch something from his podcast where he's talking about real stuff. And that's probably one of the most real things I've ever heard in my life. That when you feel alone, it's not that you don't have anyone. It's that no one has you. No one's there for you. And when it comes to, I know I've talked about it a little bit in the past with fantasy. But when it comes to these post-apocalyptic worlds... I still feel as though these kind of things we relate to so much and we can pull, we can extract so much sympathy, empathy of our own feelings from shows like this because we take every emotion of our own and we hyperbolize it and we make it bigger in our own heads, right? Whether or not, and I don't think that this is the point of making post-apocalyptic stories, I don't think that somebody's sitting there writing, the world has gone to shit, there's monsters out there, everyone's fending for themselves, and the reason I'm writing this is because this is how people feel sometimes when they feel alone. Yeah. I don't think that's the goal. That's not what they're trying to say. But I think as viewers, one of the reasons subconsciously that we're so drawn to these stories, because these stories never end. It's not like how zombies, people are like, oh, I'm so tired of zombies. People are tired of zombies, not the post-apocalyptic part of zombies. Yeah. They're tired of the zombies. I think post-apocalyptic stories, books, worlds work so well because at a certain point, you're watching these monsters out there that you have to hide from. You're watching how people have turned outside to, they're still humans, but you have to worry about them. The same way when you go out for the day, Everyone's, you just wonder and you worry a little bit when you're driving down with your windows down and you're listening to music that you really enjoy, but somebody looks over at you and now you fear a little bit that they think you're weird. Mm. Uh, that stuff adds up. And there's a reason why you get into a, like your heart beats a little bit faster when you're walking by somebody and you trip a little bit and they look over at you and you think, I look like a fucking idiot. You're never going to see that person again. Yeah. You'll never see that person in your life again. But for some reason, the thought that they think you look weird in that moment hurts. And sometimes I think stories like this, where you're walking down the street, there's nobody around because formless faces surround you when you're walking at the Galleria or something. Yeah, Nobody exists around you until you see the one that notices you. 
And the one that notices you is the group of people that are going to uh, uh, take all your belongings in the post-apocalyptic world. Mm. Or, or the person that notices you is the monster that you can't overcome in the apocalypse. Okay. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So those little feelings that we have when we're walking around, those are amplified in something like this. And that's why we gravitate towards stories, I think. Yeah. Because this shows us the, the furthest extent of how we feel and the fear we feel just walking around in the normal world. Oh yeah, for sure. I think there's, uh, I, I've seen many a time now. I've, I've, I think it's a, a more recent meme, but you know, at, at, at the source of every meme is a very serious person making it. But the, um, there's a big meme that going around right now where it, you know, it shows like an epic battle and it's, you know, the captions like, uh, uh, God's greatest warrior parentheses me. And then, uh, fighting as tough as battle that God could have given. Uh, I have a cold. And it's it's obviously fucking hilarious. That's not what that is. But the amount of times that you're doing something and, and you think to yourself, you're you're like, you're like, oh my God, like this is the worst. This is I'm I'm being extremely dramatic about this. This is how it feels to me. And then you move on, it didn't it wasn't actually like that. But then there's there's moments where where you're like watching a movie or you're you're watching uh, something like uh, that's really dramatic and you're and you put yourself in it. I think there's a tendency to put yourself yourself or relate yourself to any form of media uh, that you're watching or listening to. And part of it all, I feel like I've done it so many times. Where yeah, I'm watching like a post-apocalyptic or or something like that, and I'm seeing it, and I'm like, I'm like, God, that's, uh, yeah. If it, that's about right. Where all of a sudden I'm 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 alone in a uh, I'm walking in a Barnes Noble and then. I drop a book. Everyone looks at me and I'm like, this is the worst. This, this is the worst. This is the worst thing that could have happened to me right now. And then I said the exact same thing about, I would have said like, oh, this is the worst if all of a sudden bandits are jumping out and about to attack and kill me. It's not actually the same thing. I'm relating them, but there's, there's this level of, of that is the extreme version that it's fun to bring down to this very minute level of like, yeah, that was like one. This is gonna suck bad. That was like when everyone looked at me at Barnes and Noble. But even, even without like tr- get drawing a straight line between those two, mm-hmm. of like almost getting shot in the face in a post-apocalypse is the same as tripping, right? Because <laughs> it's obviously not. No. But the way that we describe things to each other as people is it's way easier to paint a picture to get an understanding. That's why we use simile and metaphor. When we describe things to each other, we describe it fantastically because it's easier for our brains to do that. Mm. So when we see something fantastical, it's easy for our brains to understand the emotions that go along with it. It's the same way if you have to memorize something, you're memorizing like a set of numbers or whatever. If, if the numbers are six, seven, three, two, one, then six, you think of honeycomb because it's hexagonal. Seven, you think of the first, the first number in my... Uh, my area code where I grew up was seven. Um, five, I have five fingers on one hand. You just, if you think of honeycomb, hometown, number, hand, if you if you try to memorize with images, you'll memorize way easier, way better. You'll you'll hold that information longer. Hmm. So when, when I describe something to you as I was driving over and I hit a pothole and dude, it felt like the axle of my car went all the way up through the front of my engine block like a javelin. 
you know that it didn't go up through my engine block like a javelin, <laughs> yeah. but you got this understanding of what it felt like for me yeah. because I, I explained it in terms that weren't, uh, my tire went two inches low while I was going 24 miles per hour. And I, my body lurched up into the air, uh, three, three point seven inches, <laughs> and due to gravity's pull being nine point eight one meters per second squared downward, I like that's yeah, and I was quite that, startled. Yeah, being that analytical about something, your brain's like okay, <laughs> yeah, right? but explaining it in a fantastical term, the way that these fantasies are, it helps us, it helps us sort through our emotions and sort through our feelings and what we can relate ourselves to so much better, I think. Because you watch a biography to learn about something. You don't watch a biography to empathize with it. Mm. You watch a fantasy or you watch a fiction because fiction's also fake. You watch these things that overhype their emotions and that's what you can empathize with because that's what our brains are wired to do. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like we we gravitate to that part of the story because it's 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 already we would do that to explain a situation. But now that this is an entire story being explained to us in that level of extremity. So we're 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 almost it's it's like uh, it's like grabbing something that has holes for us to grab. It has handles for us already. The giving this giving um the fantasy is offering the story in such an extreme manner that we're able to kind of, we automatically can fill in the blanks of our own lives with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like, you know what it feels like to have to pee really bad. Mm -hmm. So if I said to you, I have to pee really bad. Or if I said to you, I have to take a leak so bad I can taste it. Which one elicits the idea that I'm about to piss my pants? <laughs> the second one. <laughs> they mean the same thing. Yeah. But our brains, if I say I have to piss so bad I can taste it, your brain's like, I know what the fuck it feels like to have to pee horribly. <laughs> yes. But if you just say I have to pee really badly, yeah, I don't somebody's like, that. okay, you have to pee. So pee, I don't fucking know. Yeah. We have seven minutes till we get home. Yeah. But if I'm like, I got, I did, I'm about to pop a cork on this and it's going to be bad. <laughs> then you're like, fuck in shit. And you hit the gas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn I my. just, I just, I've, I've been thinking about it cause mm-hmm. I, it's a, it's always, it always interests me how we explain stuff to each other in fantastical terms, but that's the only way that we actually can understand what the other person's saying hmm. without it just being some non-existent it hurt a lot yeah it felt like my arm was falling off yeah i i will say i think that's something that is it that is becoming more commonplace nowadays is 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 having things that can be relatable so one of the best things is being a being dramatic or coming up with better explanations of your situation i feel like i've seen some older movies recently where uh, you'll hear the character be like, uh, th- I can't, I don't remember their diction, but they'll, they'll basically say, uh, uh, don't, uh, or now, now don't be dramatic now, you know, th- stick to the facts. Like don't, you know, this person, they like to exaggerate a lot and stuff. And so it, there's no way back in the day you'd say, uh, like if you had to go to the bathroom and be like, uh, Papa, 
I'm about to pop a cork. Please let me out. Like you, they, there wouldn't be. But nowadays, you you kind of say that, and everyone's on board. And I feel like that's becoming more. I guess, I guess because maybe I don't know. We're all getting better at explaining. I'm I'm not sure, but I I swear I feel like you would not have seen that, especially in I would even say like the '90s. I feel like that you. I gotta maybe. take a leak so bad I can taste it. Is a quote I took from a movie that came out in '88. My entire point is I'm, I was gonna go fuck myself. I got nothing. I got. No, I just spent. Sorry, I just like so. I'm I'm just dead wrong. I uh. I'm sorry. No, you're not dead wrong. No, it's whatever. I just wonder. I just wonder if this is a a situation of. I might be going not I'm, being there. Yeah, that that's true. So yeah. it being like, my, I was my thought of it is this. Yeah. Not being there, kind of thing. My first, my first thought of it was black and white movies, much older than than eighties. But then I started kind of going. I was like, maybe it is nineties. But yeah, you're right. I just, I, I just wasn't paying attention. Because there's also it. like uh, Harvey. Yeah. You know the movie, the well, the the story Harvey that got turned into a movie. I know of it. It's from like the sixties. Okay. Black and white. Mm-hmm. And that's about an invisible, a dude who has is followed around by an invisible rabbit. Yeah. That only he can see. <laughs> and there's some pretty specific outlandish uh, descriptions in that. Too. You know, maybe, because I'm even going back to this is gonna, Shakespearean time. One of the most important things was language. Yeah, I was so I was going to say one of the biggest things that they would say is like the fun of your day was being able to explain it. That was that like the, the having a conversation with somebody. You were you would go, be like uh, the wind was so strong carrying me through the mountains alone with the breeze. You're like, Fuck you. yeah. I don't think it was. That's that a point. perfect example. Like Shakespeare. If you read, if anybody's trying to say that back in the day they didn't explain a lot, <laughs> oh, shit, or they didn't damn. use metaphor and simile, <laughs> dude, just point them toward toward Voltaire and Shakespeare and <laughs> dude, the Greeks. Like shit, man. I just proved my own point wrong. <laughs> yeah, bro. Damn. All the gods, like the pantheon. <laughs> what is Dionysus about? This man bed with seventy women at once <laughs> while drinking. Like. <laughs> There's no shots. He did. <laughs> Damn. Damn, people be doing Well, I just, I, I do think that our brains are wired for it. Right. And that's, we can go back, for me at least, going back to springtime, back a long time ago. Stuff would grow better during a moment when it wasn't as cold anymore. Or I guess, yeah, when it wasn't cold anymore. And people were like, what is this? Okay. Uh, The chariot brought the sun closer during this time. (laughs) And the God smiles upon us. And from that smile, their tears bring rain that helps the plants grow. Like that's how they would describe spring. Yeah, yeah. Or they look at stars and they're like, "That one's a bull." <laughs> <laughs> like the the way that we, the way that humans deal with information that they can't fully comprehend is they make batshit stories. Damn, the stars is a fucking perfect example. Cause oh yeah, there's five. Yeah, like, dude, there's, okay, those, there's three dots. Uh, that's Orion's belt. Really? Yeah. Is that a belt? That's okay. Yeah, the rest of those seven, <laughs> they make all of Orion. What does he look like? A Spartan. <laughs> He's holding a spear, and he has his foot on the head of a bull. 
It's like, where's that at? <laughs> right there. You can't see it? They fucking no, dude. Yeah. Oh, I love the drawings when they show you the they show you the, the oh, stars. Yeah. And they're like, see these? This is a bear and his cub. And then they superimpose the drawing on it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the craziest drawing you've ever seen of a bear. It's like, you got that from four stars? <laughs> You're like, is this what they saw back then too? Jesus yeah. Christ. Dude. How'd you do it? You guys were all on drugs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, dude. But that's just one of my that's one of my favorite things about people mm. is the way that we can understand is we hyperbolize, we fantasize. Yeah. And then you tell somebody that fantasy, that little bit of fantasy, and they understand the feeling, the grounded, real, earthly feeling through what you said. Because I'm not thinking, he can taste his piss right now. Yeah. I'm thinking, he's got to go. I know how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it almost becomes a bit of a game to you. Like, you know, you're going to exp- describe something, and one of the funnest things you could do is find a ma- really fun, you know, relatable ways of describing a situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I think that, I really think post-apocalyptic stuff might even hit harder or better for people who have a hard time being out and around strangers Mm. because I think that that feeling can come across so well. And I'm, I'm, I would go out and say that for the next few years, there's probably going to be a lot more post-apocalyptic stuff coming out because of us being forced to stay home Ah, recently. Yeah. Because I know, I personally know people who are having a hard time being out again because they sequestered themselves so much. Yeah. And since those are the feelings subconsciously I think more people are going to write from that standpoint mm-hmm. of it's hard to see people around you therefore my story is not it's hard to see people around you my story is you're alone in this world and the people you see around you are scary because you don't know what they're going to do to steal your goods yeah and that's post-apocalyptic yeah shit damn post-apocalyptic <laughs> I, I was funny is when you said when you were like there's possibly possibly gonna be more stories I was all hyped I was like oh thank god dude, I fucking love post-apocalyptic stories <laughs> <laughs> and with that actually I think I'm gonna go into my topic now so I've always had a morbid fascination or curiosity to recent apocalyptic story settings like the fact that you can see stuff that we take for granted just lying around unattended cast aside uh, while struggles of life just out uh, outweigh the need for any of the luxuries. I discovered that I love that genre in a se- uh, or the setting of when uh, Justin and I were playing The Division. Uh, I realized that that's something because it was so prevalent everywhere. It's something I absolutely fell in love with. Uh, and it, it, it's sad that it, when I describe it, it's like, it's like when people use the term awesome. I'm using the term it inspires awe kind yeah. of situation so when i say it's a beautiful setting to me it, i'm aware it's a very sad rough apocalyptic people have died um but when i said uh but then it continues with uh but the the idea of anime covering seems really cool to me while looking up apocalyptic apocalyptic anime i saw a lot of them take place and in, in the setting uh they merely use it as a stepping stone for their main story like uh, an example is gurren lagan uh, they technically it is post-apocalyptic, but they never really dove into the the technology or the everyday things that they're walking over that we would then look at. Like they don't walk over a toaster and we're like, 
you know, uh, the audience would be like, toaster. They don't know. They don't give a shit. They're just going to keep moving on. It's not something that the story would delve into. Whereas uh, I think a great one, a great example is because I wrote this before this wonderful anime was uh, Dr. Stone. The concept of attempting to recreate things we take for granted almost entirely and then making it such a hard thing. Like when he was, uh, he was like, he was like, we're going to make medicine. You're like, did I pop? Yeah. He's I, I popped that. It was $5. It, it took it, it took two seconds. I took a water bottle and it's done. But meanwhile, he's like, I'm about to crack knuckles. I'm about to send these guys so far along the evolutionary line right now, oh, yeah. technologically. You're pushing humans forward like thirteen thousand years. And that's such a dope idea to me. So it's it's so then I see this anime. I, I was looking for it when I wrote the question. I was like, I wonder if they're gonna play some stuff because I saw uh, in the trailers and the pictures them walking around a house, and I was like, ooh, ooh. I was like getting excited because I was like, they're going to be walking around our shit. We're going to be like seeing stuff like beds, uh, you know, the kitchen, all the knives and stuff. And you're like, oh. And so when they walked into the house and then, you know, she's like, go find us some plates. I was like, they would be plates because that is a house. And so the idea, it's like a, it's like the fun contrast of, of like seeing like trying to use the luxuries because they're around. It's technically like, a, like you're in a first world fucking city. You should be technically able to live a great life. But because of the extremities of the apocalypse and, and the intensities of loss of like electricity, uh, heating or whatever, you know, water or anything like that, they're fucking useless. You have to find different uses for them. You have to survive. Well, it's interesting to think about how fragile we are in a city. Oh, yeah. Power goes out right now, not coming back. Half the city's going to die. Fuck. Yeah. That's rough. A large group of people are going to unalive themselves mm-hmm. within a few days, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're so fragile. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And we've kind of made ourselves more fragile by holding ourselves up in these places and relying so much on internet and electricity and uh, our heating units, mm-hmm. whether those are electric or natural gas, we've kind of forced ourselves into a hand of. If any of these things go wrong, we don't know what to do. Yeah, it's it's the same concept of uh, I think a couple of episodes ago we were talking about uh, time travel, and I think you brought up as well, like you know, going back in time. You think you're like, oh, dude, it's gonna be awesome. You go back there and they're like iPhones, and they're like, all right, how do you build them? You're like, no fucking clue. No but idea. They, you know, they they you touch them and great things happen. Yeah. I can do anything on this thing right here. It's a little tablet of magic. Yeah. Now imagine like any of these things just go and you you did not. You don't know how to learn them. And I mean, the good thing is a lot of information's written down. So, and a lot of places. So it's going to be hard. It's not going to be an easy subject trying to learn and teach well, yourself these things. It's just funny to me that right now with how far advanced we are in technology, if we try to figure something out, like if things go tits up, we try to figure something out, we'll be able to figure out probably how to live like they did in the 40s. Hmm. Okay. We'll use a furnace. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll do stuff to keep ourselves warm, but we're not going to figure out how to live like we did in the 90s, not the 70s, not the 60s. Like, we're not going to figure out how to do that because we don't physically understand or, or mentally understand the technology and how to create it. Yeah. Technology has gone 
so fast <laughs> yeah, that is. not too terribly long ago we were using wood wood stove furnaces mm-hmm. in in the central room of our house. My grandparents' house has a wood burning furnace yep. in the living room. Yep, my grandma did too. She had a uh, a iron stove. Yep, mm-hmm. just a big one that had a big pipe going straight up, and then it had some pipes that might help uh, uh, bring heat to. Adjoint rooms. Yeah. Yep. And but, the uh, the the my dad my dad's room has a giant uh, like you look through the grate and you're just looking at the living room because the heat needed to just go from room to room. That's you how needed the, the heat, heat was. in the room and yeah. the room to sleep in. Yeah. Uh, so it's not it's not too terribly long ago, and it'll be it would be funny. It not that it will be funny. It would suck to live in an apocalypse, but it would be funny to see that we will jump back to the moment where humans were doing things for themselves in luxury because we had houses and stuff, mm-hmm. but we were doing things for ourselves, not relying on somebody who knows the technology to do it for us. Yeah. There will be there will be one moment in time that we'll fall back on until we build ourselves back up. Yeah. And it would be it would be interesting. I'm not gonna say funny. It would be interesting to see what that date is. Yeah, that would be. That is dope. Yeah, that 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 whole thing is just. Uh, I think the setting of 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 when a, a story takes place within the apocalypse is. Uh, it, it could be very drawing to me. Very very um, interesting. If if it's so far into the apocalypse where you know they couldn't give a flying fuck and maybe they're even rebuilding and doing stuff over, it's kind of like oh cool, but I love to see looking at the things that we would take for granted and just thrown aside because of you know they don't know how it works they don't know how to fix it they don't know how to do that stuff so now it's fucking useless. Yeah, it's, it's like so cool when they do things like you're talking about where they go in they were they would go into like your apartment or my apartment. Yeah, they'd see game consoles. And they're just like, fucking, what is this? Okay, all right, all right. Ooh, it looks like there's metals inside this tool. Yeah. Take those. Those are worth a ton. We can trade those. Yeah. We can trade screwdrivers. So we can trade those for stuff. You can't do shit with our expensive electronics. All of the expensive electronics thrown to the wayside. Useless. Except for if somebody finds out that there's like gold and different mm-hmm. types of precious metals within them. Yeah. Then that person's making a killing because they're going to grab every TV, every console, every phone, all that, pop it open, melt it down. The funniest part is it would be destroyed <laughs> to melt it down for the tiny bit, bits of precious metal within it. Yeah. Um, yep. But that would be the funny thing. They would go, they would pick through DVDs are done. That is a fun uh, little exercise. Think about if someone was to bust into your apartment in the apocalypse, you're gone. You're you're a little husk on the bed. And uh they're they're looking at stuff like what would they what would they find useful? And also you gotta think of decay. Your food, if it was to go right now, say something happened, boom, you were out right now. So you're looking at your food, you're looking at your pantries, you're looking at your stuff, like fuck, what would they they'd walk in and be like, Oh fuck, you know. And then you know, it'd be even crazier too. I love this concept. You come in there and, and they're looking around. They're like, damn, people have already scavenged and ruined some of this shit. And you're like, oh, damn, my place has just been wrecked. That sucks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's there's so much fun in the storytelling of that. And I, I, I brought it back to uh, the, the Division was such a beautiful way of doing that. I honestly think it was such a beautiful game for that concept. And this, this anime 
as soon as they were just walking through the city and then walking through the buildings and stuff, it was such a wonderful little little vision to be looking at. I loved it. And I love that even that little bit where she, like they were in that with the thugs, they were just like, Is there anything good here? <sighs> no. And then and then it just shows like how those guys were living. And then little cots. And at one point it was like a cot and then next to it was like a, a a container for the weapons he would pull out. And I'm like, damn. That's that's you that's your life right there. It's a cot, maybe a pillow you found, and then a hammer. Oh bro, that would actually be people's favorite part about breaking into my place. They would find like fourteen knives. <laughs> Jackpot. You'd be like, this is a goal we can outfit everyone with a knife. <laughs> Our entire group. I like to think Husk Justin is you you were like with a with with a gun on you or whatever. You're sitting there holding it and then you just you're like they come up and they're like, We gotta we gotta take it out of his hands. Physically can't. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, Yo, one dude, one dude's in there is like, no. Let him have that one. Yep. God damn it, man earned it. Yeah, or they just they leave one of my a piece of one of my bones hanging off as I keep it with the gun. Oh, that's cool. I would do that for somebody. <laughs> if they if I found them skeleton yeah. holding it, bro, I'm boring a hole through a piece of bone. I'm putting it on as a trinket. Yeah. So that there, there's all oh, there's always there. And then anybody who who comes up across me, I'm pointing at him. I'm like, see a fucking human skeleton? <laughs> human bones hanging off it? Don't mess with that guy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They don't know the sentiment behind it. They're just fucking. <laughs> they think dude, you're a monster. He's taking trinkets <laughs> from us. He's obviously killed one. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> all right. I think that's gonna bring us to the end of the uh, this episode. This show was dope. I love. I'm it. excited for it. I wish that uh, it wasn't. Well, I guess a ton of stuff is is stuck behind Crunchyroll, uh, but I feel like it's much easier just to get Crunchyroll, go on it, and watch than it is to have Disney Plus, not be able to watch it on Disney Plus, have to also have Hulu because Disney Plus put it on Hulu, even though they bought it. Like it's such a weird rigmarole to have to deal with to watch this. Yeah, we had to watch it with commercials because of that, even though you have Disney Plus. Yeah. So it's like if Disney Plus owns it, why do we have to watch commercials to be able to watch this? Yeah. It's nuts to me. But uh, the show itself, Disney being dickheads aside, the show's good. And worth searching for. Yeah. From Project IG, I believe. Uh, the studio. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try my best to watch all of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's so good. And I, I recommend it to anybody. Would you recommend this show to people? Highly. All right. And with that, per usual... We hope you guys all have a great afternoon, morning, night, wherever you are. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.